Welcome back to another episode of our movie business podcast series, where we look to make sense of the current trends in the film and television industry. My name is Ilan Haimoff, and I'm a partner and the department head of the Profit Participation Group at GHJ. In this podcast series, I'm joined, as always, by Professor Jason Squire of the U.S. of the USC School of Cinematic Arts, as well as editor of the Movie Business Book, fourth edition, to discuss with our guest, Steve Mangle of Unify Completion Guarantors, the current trends with completion bonds in the entertainment industry. Jason will introduce Steve and get us going with our discussion. Jason, please take it from here. Well, thanks so much, Ilan. And Steve Mangle is president of Unify Completion Guarantors, a boutique completion bond company based in Los Angeles. Before Unify, he served as president and CEO of International Film Guarantors for 15 years, responsible for managing all the company's operations. Steve has supervised bonding hundreds of film and television productions with aggregate production budgets exceeding $10 billion. Prior to IFG, for 12 years, he was a senior executive at Live Entertainment, charge of business and legal affairs, where he also founded and headed its international sales division. Welcome, Steve. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Steve, the mysterious complex world of completion bonds is little known outside the financing of movies and TV. Could you define the completion bond, how much it costs, what it protects, and also what happens in the unhappy event the bond must be invoked? Sure. Um, well, it's it's true. Um, you know, I meet a lot of people who ask me what I do, uh, and when I I tell them about the completion bonds, they they always come back with saying they they never uh, knew that such a thing even existed. Um, so let me try to break it down um, as simply as I can. So this is going to be a little bit of uh, bonding 101. Um, first off, uh, the completion bond is something the production company uh, purchases for the benefit of the film's financiers, uh, whether they're uh, lenders or investors. Uh, while working with a bond company uh, can be very useful to the film producers, uh, the bond itself doesn't provide any protection to the film, film producer uh, unless that producer is investing his or her own money into the production. Uh, so it's basically a tool that provides protection and security for financiers. Uh, and here's what it does in general. Uh, first thing, if for some reason the film is abandoned, uh, meaning it's never completed or delivered to anyone, uh, then the bond company is going to pay the film's financiers whatever sums they loaned or invested in the film, plus interest. Uh, the purpose is to put the financiers in back in the same position they would otherwise have been in if they never had financed the film. Secondly, if the film is completed, uh, but it costs more than the final approved budget to produce and deliver it, uh, then the bond company will fund the cost of those budget cost overruns. That way, the film's financiers are protect, protected in the event the film goes over budget. And thirdly, if the film is not properly or timely delivered to one of the 
distributors. Um, for example, a producer misses the, the delivery date or uh, fails to shoot the approved screenplay, uh, the, and the distributor refuses to pay the minimum guarantee uh, it contracted to pay for the right to, to distribute the film, uh, then the bond company will pay that amount to the film's financiers. Um, that way, the film's financiers are protected in the event the film is not delivered to distributors as promised. There, there's some caveats that go, go along uh, with this. So some conditions. Um, first, um, a financer can only make a claim under the bond if the amount of the budget has been made available to the producers to produce the film. Uh, so if any financier ever chooses to stop cash flowing the production, um, then the productions under the bond are lost. Secondly, the cost of um, what we term uh, as enhancements, which are creative improvements the producer and financiers agree uh, to um, add to, to the film. It could be uh, things like um, adding more expensive music or perhaps adding uh, additional visual effects or shooting a new ending. Uh, anything that wasn't envisioned at the uh, start of the project, um, the cost of those enhancements are not going to be covered by the bond. Um, those have to be financed uh, by the financiers or producers. Uh, thirdly, the bond company has what are termed takeover rights, uh, which means that if the bond company believes the project is not going to be completed on time and on budget, then it has the ability to take over and manage the production um, with either the existing crew or it can uh, choose to make additions or changes as it sees fit. Uh, and lastly, the film budget needs to include uh, both the bond fee um, and a contingency allowance. So the contingency allowance, uh, typically, uh, again, it depends on the, the size of the, uh, the budget, but generally runs around 8 to 10%, uh, and it serves sort of like a deductible under an insurance policy. Uh, it means that the bond company is not going to be responsible for paying or funding those cost overruns until that contingency has been fully expended. Uh, and then the bond fee uh, typically runs around 2 to 3% of the budget. Again, it will depend on uh, the size of, of the budget. Um, and it's typically uh, subject to a minimum fee, uh, which usually only com comes into play on, on really small budgets. Um, I think you also asked me what happens if uh, the bond is invoked. You know, before we ever issue a bond, we're meeting with the production team, um, you know, and the producers to gain a, a complete understanding of how they plan to go about making their film. Uh, we break down the budget, the schedule, uh, and if it's appropriate, we'll suggest um, adjustments to improve them. Uh, and by the time we sign off on a project, we have a firm belief that the film can be made for the resources, both in time and money, uh, that are being made available to the producers. That said, uh, totally unforeseen, uh, unforeseen things do happen. 
and they happen on movie sets and on location. Um, so if there comes a time when we believe the film uh, is likely to go over budget or schedule, uh, we will meet and confer with the production team and discuss how best to put things back on track. Uh, you know, if there's a consensus that uh, the reason for all the difficulties is one particular person who's causing all the problems, uh, then yeah, we'll, we'll do something about that person. Uh, that could be anything from replacing that person or perhaps more likely hiring additional staff to support that person. Um, but it, it's typically not uh, the fault of any one person. Uh, and we just work with the producers to plan how best to uh, reduce, if not eliminate, um, the over-budget costs. And, and in the end, uh, if there are over-budget costs uh, or there's an abandonment or a delivery failure, uh, then we adjust and pay the financer's claim as quickly as possible. Thank you, Steve. That's a, that's a great overview. We really appreciate it. Um, uh, the, the, the process itself is can be somewhat confusing, but you really made it uh, clear. So thank you. Uh, what I wanted to do is I wanted to jump into current events or recent past. Maybe that's uh, the better and hopefully uh, a better future. And what I'm referring to is all of us are beginning to come out of the pandemic crisis slowly but surely. Uh, particularly here in the United States and a few countries around the world that we, we've seen vaccination at a high rate and hopefully over time around the world. We wanted to get your, um, your analysis as to how generally the bond industry fared and dealt with the various production challenges this past year. Yeah, well, the, you know, the pandemic took a big toll on our entire industry, uh, and in particular, independent film uh, production, um, as well as the, the bond industry. Uh, at the uh, start of the pandemic, um, there were many bonded productions that had to be postponed, uh, either because someone became infected, uh, or more likely, it was due to government shutting down uh, businesses and issuing uh, stay-at-home orders for everyone except for essential workers. Um, we and other bond companies were still responsible to complete and deliver those films on schedule and budget. Um, the productions that we bonded that were in post um, were all completed remotely. Um, post was slowed um, some due to uh, COVID, um, but we were um, able to get them all completed and, and delivered as promised. Um, the productions that were in photography were more complicated. Um, just as one example, uh, we had a production that had completed about a third uh, of photography um, shooting in New Zealand that had to be shut down. Um, it was shut down for several months. Uh, and then uh, eventually, um, when the government uh, had lifted their uh, stay-at-home orders and people could return to work, uh, we still had to petition the government to per permit the actors to return to complete production because there were still travel bans uh, in place. Um, and, and those actors had to be quarantined uh, and the production had to adhere to 
new health and safety protocols, which cost a lot of money to um, adhere to. Um, uh, and fortunately for all involved, including Unify, um, the production had uh, civil authority coverage under the film production insurance policy. Um, and, and that insurance uh, was there to cover all the increased costs due to COVID. Um, you know, projects that were in development or pre-production uh, were postponed or shelved forever. Um, you know, it was a mess. Uh, producers uh, didn't know when cast would become available because they first had to complete the projects that were delayed due to the pandemic. Uh, once the unions blessed new health and safety protocols, the producers were faced with finding ways to cover, you know, some significant additional costs. Uh, insurance and bond companies, including Unify, uh, were no longer able to cover communicable, communicable diseases uh, under their policy, and, and that continues as we speak. Uh, and uh, at least traditional production lenders were unable to take on the communicable disease risks and can no longer provide production loans except to uh, perhaps the, the high worth producers that could and uh, were willing to assume that risk themselves. So it took a big toll on the industry um, and there were just far fewer production starts. Um, we, we've been fortunate to source projects that have been shooting in countries where the virus was more controlled um, or where uh, the producers uh, have been successful in securing uh, insurance uh, without the coronavirus exclusions uh, before the, the pandemic ever started, um, or in countries uh, such as Australia, the UK, uh, and Canada, where the governments have now provided some limit, limited coverage for uh, uh, COVID losses. Thank you, Steve. I, I think we just have one more one more question, um, and as, as we look to the future, what is your prognosis? What is your, what do you think uh, the completion bonds industry may be changing in the future, maybe adapting in the future? In the near term, I still think uh, we're likely to see more production starts, but still lower than pre-pandemic levels. Um, I don't think the, you know, our Congress is you know, going to pass COVID coverage legislation anytime soon, uh, if ever. Uh, it would be a big boost if that would happen, but I just don't see it right now. Um, and it took the Guild several months to come to an agreement on the new health and safety protocols. and. Uh, they're likely to remain in place for several more months, even once the, the virus uh, is under control. Um, and, and even when production companies might be able to warrant that their cast and crew is uh, fully or close to fully um, vaccinated. Um, and, you know, I would say all bets are off if any of the, the variants um, you know, take hold and cause another surge in infections and hospitalizations. Um, but, you know, looking ahead, you know, 
six to 12 months from now, I'm much more optimistic. Uh, as the virus decreases significantly, um, I'm hopeful that the health and safety protocols may be relaxed. Um, it won't be as expensive for producers um, and financers will start coming back into the market and provide production loans, uh, notwithstanding that there's still not gonna be any insurance or bond coverage for, for COVID. Um, you know, I think the independent production industry has always been very resilient, um, whether it's producers or lenders, investors, sales companies or distributors, we always seem to find new ways to meet new challenges. And I expect we'll find ways to meet our current challenges as well. Um, so I'm very hopeful that sometime in the next year, we'll be able to revert to some, some sense of normalcy, uh, even if many of us are, are still going to be working remotely. Yeah, well, well said. I just want to quickly thank you, Jason, for joining myself. And more importantly, uh, on behalf of Jason and myself, we want to thank you, Steve, for joining us in this conversation about, even, even though it, it may be brief, there's a lot more we can learn, uh, but we do appreciate the time that uh, you've taken to join us. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. And I wanted to thank everybody for joining us and listening into this podcast. Thank you all.